Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Hey, folks, it's The Takeaway. As always, we are glad to have you with us. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. Earlier this month, Seattle became the first city in the United States to ban discrimination on the basis of caste. Now, caste is not an official designation within the United States. And discrimination based on the caste system was banned in India in 1948. But as we all know, prejudice and discrimination, they can be sticky. And caste continues to affect social political, and economic life in cities where substantial portions of residents hail from parts of the world where formerly lawful caste systems continue to have residual effects. Caste categorizes basically human beings into hundreds of occupation-based caste groups that are predetermined by birth. It is a hierarchical division of laborers who are graded one above the other in the society. They're basically cemented with designated occupations and then marriages. My name is Prachi Patankar, and I'm an activist and a writer. Prachi comes from a subjugated caste farming family, and she identifies as Bahujan. It's a collective term referring to all those in subjugated caste communities. Brahmins occupy the topmost level in this caste hierarchy. By birthright, they're supposed to perform the most pure or quote-unquote intellectual or clean forms of labor. Dalits are the lowest caste. Uh, They're formerly known as untouchables. They're the most historically oppressed caste category. And because the decision-making power is still being held by most dominant caste groups, the caste system and caste discrimination keeps going. People know uh, each other's Cast because in villages people know because of the way they would live and people know each other. But even in urban areas, because of uh, the last names, caste is really easily identified. Many of the Indian Americans are still traveling, coming from India, and most of them have been dominant caste groups. Caste has been kind of exported with these communities into the United States as well. So the caste is very much alive and caste system and caste exploitation is still very much alive. Shama Sawan is an Indian American economist who served on the city council of Seattle for nearly a decade. She proposed the anti-caste ban, and it passed with a vote of six to one on the Seattle City Council. The law, not surprisingly, already outlaws discrimination on the basis of age or gender or religious affiliation or sexual orientation, characteristics of that kind. So this new ordinance says that caste will now be one of those kinds of categories, meaning you, you can't discriminate somebody on the basis of caste, the principal mechanism that it offers you is the right to use this law in the courts and sue the corporation or the workplace where you faced this kind of discrimination. But it's also in other situations. So for example, if you are somebody who faced discrimination that has been outlawed under Seattle's law as a renter and you're trying to sign a rental agreement with a landlord who is discriminating against you in that situation, then the law also offers you the right 
to go to court and sue that landlord. Now, despite the win, there was resistance to the ban from some Hindu Americans who criticized it as opening the door to potentially anti-Hindu discrimination. Nikunj Dravedi is president of the Coalition of Hindus of North America, and he shared this statement with The Takeaway. This law is inherently discriminatory because unlike other categories such as race, gender, religion, ancestry, etc., it singles out the South Asian community based on faulty data and groups that have openly called for dismantling of Hinduism. It seems that Seattle City is also openly saying that South Asians require more monitoring and special laws versus all other groups. Seattle City Council member Sarah Nelson cast the lone no vote for the caste anti-discrimination bill. And Councilmember Nelson sent a statement to the takeaway. It reads in part, quote, I voted against this legislation because it links caste discrimination with Hinduism and people of South Asian descent. And we received hundreds of emails from opponents who argued that enshrining caste as a protected class here in Seattle will perpetuate racist and colonial stereotypes that serve only to generate more anti-Hindu discrimination. To better understand this first-of-its-kind anti-discrimination ban, I spoke with Shama Sawan, who's the member of the Seattle City Council, and with Prachi Patankar, community activist and writer. Council member Sawan, what does this have to do with Seattle, Washington? Though the caste system, as Prachi was saying, really originated thousands of years ago, it still is prevalent for the same reasons that racism and sexism are prevalent. I mean, just like Malcolm X said, you can't have capitalism without racism. Similarly, I think you can explain why caste discrimination is now a very serious issue in the United States, because as the concentrations of South Asian immigrant community members, especially as workers, and you see this a lot in the tech sector as well, has increased, you are seeing caste discrimination also being manifested. And in fact, statistical studies like the one done by the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace show that significant proportions of oppressed caste community members who have immigrated from South Asia experience caste discrimination at the hands of their dominant caste South Asian bosses. And in fact, hundreds of oppressed caste workers in the tech sector have spoken up courageously, openly about this, some of them anonymously, but some of them openly. And it runs the gamut of every corporation, tech corporation you can think of. And so that's why we fought for and won this legislation. Now, Councilmember Sawan, can you help to make this real for our takeaway listeners? Where did you all hear what kind of testimony or or letters did you receive about where and maybe incidents of, of this kind of discrimination occurring? We have had hundreds of oppressed caste workers speak up about the kind of discrimination they face. So it it, it ranges from really serious forms of discrimination like being denied raises and promotion, but also on a day-to-day basis being targeted, being singled out just because of your caste, not because of the your workplace performance. So for example, being excluded from meetings, being the target of derogatory remarks or slurs. And I think the way it manifests itself, caste discrimination in the workplace doesn't look any different than what people of color, workers of color or women workers face in the workplace where you might have 
sexual ref sexualized references or being treated as less than male workers simply because you're a woman. So it's it's that kind of way in which it manifests itself. And so given this widespread evidence, it was important to begin acting on it. And really this has become an extraordinarily historic victory for not only oppressed caste workers, but but workers and, and working people as a whole who desire to live in a society free of discrimination and oppression. We're taking a quick break right here. Back with more on the ban on caste system discrimination in Seattle right after this. About 600,000 people go missing every year in the U.S., prompting family members to become amateur detectives. On the trail of one missing person is journalist Tanya Mosley. Why do you think you hesitated when we first met in telling me the full details about your mother's disappearance? It's heartbreaking. I didn't want to break your heart. I'm Kai Wright. Tanya Mosley joins me next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're back and still talking about the first of its kind ban on discrimination based on caste out of Seattle's city council. Council member Sawan, talk to me about capacity to move beyond Seattle, sort of um, how you see this work expanding. This enormously historic victory has become a beacon for activists and working people across the United States and really internationally. My office is getting emails from oppressed caste workers and also other workers in India who are against the caste system and really want to do something to fight against it. And likewise, in the United States, we have heard from so many workers who are so inspired and energized by this victory and want to win as well. But I think the primary response to this question about how this can spread in other cities is really to share the lessons from Seattle, how we won this. We didn't win this because it's a good idea and everybody agreed with us. No, in fact, we won this despite strenuous opposition, not only from the Hindu right wing, but also from the democratic establishment in Seattle. And so one of the reasons this movement was so powerful is because it united oppressed caste activists and workers, not just tech workers, but also other workers, but it also united dominant caste Hindus. It brought together Muslims and Sikhs. It brought together socialist alternative, you know, my organization and also union members. In fact, one of the unions that strongly supported this legislation is the Alphabet Workers Union, the union that represents Google workers. So it became a rallying cry for a phenomenal and overwhelming majority of people who want to see you know, major social progress being made. And in fact, if we want to be a progressive society, regardless of what race or nationality or gender we are, then we are all in this together to win this legislation. Prachi, I want to follow up on what we were hearing from the council member here about the you know, this this was not about everyone holding hands and, you know, singing into a sunset of, of agreement, but that there was very real opposition. Can you also talk us through some of what sort of the discourse of that opposition was and, you know, give us some of those counter arguments that you made? 
the resistance that we have seen to the demand for banning caste discrimination is coming from the more Hindu nationalist focused uh, ideologies in Indian American community. And those are organizations that are very much in support of the Hindu fundamentalist, Hindu nationalist government in India. And they are saying that these policies are Hindu phobic. And, you know, just like calling out racism in the United States just doesn't make somebody anti-white. Uh, calling uh, out caste discrimination uh, does not make uh, anybody anti-Hindu. And the reality is that even though many have converted to other religions, because of the extreme oppression and persecution that the Delhi community has faced for being deemed untouchable, for being outcast from the, the religion itself, but there are a big section of the Delhi community is still uh, identifies as Hindus. And so the Delhi community and other oppressed caste communities are saying that caste system is alive and well in the Indian society, whether it's it's Hinduism, whether it's Islam, whether it's Christianity, and that this caste-based discrimination, even though it uh, arose from Hinduism, that it continues everywhere in, within the society. And now it's in the United States as well. And so these are the arguments that we're making. And uh, Hindu nationalist right-wing organizations and people, they want to paint the sanitized picture of the caste system. They want to say the caste system does exist, but it is a system where diverse castes are existing, coexisting together harmoniously. And this is just simply not true. And this false claim of Hinduphobia is really a trope of victimhood that the Hindu nationalists have put forward. And it has been being manipulated by them to push forward a very Hindu nationalist agenda. And the anti-caste movement is, is made up of people uh, across castes, across religions, across States, um, and also non-Indian uh, community has also joined the struggle as well. And this is an important struggle that's going to continue. Prachi Patankar is a community activist and writer. And Shama Sawan is a member of the Seattle City Council. Thank you both for taking out the time to spend a little time with The Takeaway today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.